together as we start. Thank you, God, for this day. Thank you again for this group and just the way that um, each week we have an opportunity, God, to to look at your word together, to look at your wisdom and not our own, God. Um, thank you, God, that what you have to say is it applies to our lives, Lord. It's, this is not just stuff that is, um, you know, that is trapped from, you know, reality, but Lord, you, you, you've exposed real truth, real reality in your word. And God, you've not even hidden it from us, Lord, but you, um, have revealed it to us, God. So as we listen this morning and look into your word together, I pray that you would just turn the lights on in our life. God, help us to see how this connects to our lives. Help us, Lord, to take steps forward in our journey with you, God. We don't want to be the same people year after year, Lord. We want to change. We want you to do a real work within us, God. We ask you for the power and the guidance that we need this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this morning we are continuing on in a message series on wisdom, the priceless pursuit. And pursuing, obviously, is this idea of going after something. Um, in college, at the school that I went to, there was this continual hunt for this giant cauldron called, known as the Great Pot. I don't know if this still exists, but there's this, it was a giant cauldron, probably about the size of this table, this high, big cauldron, bronze looking thing. Um, and there was this kind of quest for the giant Great Pot. And not everybody got into it. Some people could care less about looking for the pot. But there was this um, this pursuit for the pot. And that just sounds funny every time I say it. <laughs> the quest for pot at a Christian school. So anyway, every year, at the end of the year, there was this big giant Olympics campus, campus game where all the different groups from the campus, based on where you live, would come out and compete together in these Olympic-style games. and you know, it would just be a fun thing. At the end, at the end of the thing, the winning team, at least when I was a student there, would receive the great pot from whoever held it. Whichever group of people held it through the year would bring it, they'd march in, and then they'd give it to the winning team. The rules on, on the, the great pot was that if you were touching the great pot, nobody could take it from you. If you let it go, most people just hit it, and, you know, they'd hide it under things, under beds, under in closets, and if it was hidden then, uh, you know, you could just keep it as long as no one stole it. But uh, people would do all sorts of things in order to get the pot. The pot actually had, at one point, uh, my wing had possession of it, and when we got it, it had bullet holes in it. Someone tried to blow it up, I guess, with shot. I heard, took it out in the desert, tried to, sh- you know, shoot it with shotgun or something. But it had bullet holes in it. But it was kind of like the ring of power. It couldn't be destroyed. It was just this indestructible thing. Um People painted it. Every time, it seemed like, you know, if you, if you had it, you'd write your name on it, that you had it for a while. And, but people would paint over it because they wanted to make sure that nobody else could say they held the pot. So they'd paint it and they'd put their name all over it. And, um, one time there was a group that put it in their car and someone saw it in their car. And so they called AAA and, uh, they said, I locked my keys in my car. They broke in this person's car, stole the pot. And, uh, people used all, source of resources to find the great pot. And it was kind of this idea of, I'm going to do whatever it takes to find this thing so that I can say, I've, I've got it. Our, our, our wing, when we possessed it, we, um, 
we got up in a tree and we took a picture with the great pot in a tree. I don't know why we would have done that, but we did it. We thought it was amazing. And, uh, but it really fascinated me how a lot of people got so into this, the pursuit of the pot. And it's like you'll do whatever. And that's kind of like what we're going to look at over this series, this idea of pursuing wisdom. Last week, we began looking at how wisdom requires a pursuit, a quest, a, a hunt in order to find it. Wisdom is not something that is just sitting out there in the open that all of us can just get a little bit out of. You know, we don't walk up to the pool of wisdom, dip our cup in it, drink it, walk away wiser. But it has tremendous rewards. Some of the things that you find out in Scripture is wisdom offers a long life, favor from God, reward, security, um, a bright future. It doesn't protect you from harm, but it prevents you from a life of harm. Now, we're all going to walk through trouble, but wisdom, the man who has wisdom, can, can navigate around certain trouble and pain that they experience in life. Wisdom stands above all earthly treasures. There's money, there's all these things. Last week, one of my friends, Harold Bullock, came and he shared on just setting the stage for what is wisdom and talked about how wisdom is more valuable than money. It's more valuable than all the money in the world, the, the, you know, the treasury, the, the richest men, wisdom is far more valuable than all of that. So we're going to be looking at this today. Really the idea of how do I get it? What's, how do I gain wisdom? What's that process look like? If you want, you can take out this white uh, outline and follow along. We'll kind of walk through this together. The first point on there is, since nothing else compares with wisdom, we must pursue it, even if it costs us all we have. Because God says, this is higher than, this is higher than all earthly things. It's higher than all treasures. And since it is, we have got to figure out how to pursue it, though it might cost us everything. If there was anything worth using all your resources to get, it's wisdom. This is it. Don't miss it. If there's anything that would warrant sacrificing time, sleep, stuff, energy, wisdom is it. It's worth it. That's what God says, at least. It's worth it. What is wisdom? Look at Proverbs 4, 7. This kind of describes a little bit about the pursuit. Wisdom is supreme, Proverbs says. Therefore, get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, get understanding. Now look at the language there. It's, he's saying this, this is at the very top of his priority list. He's passing this down. This reads like advice from a father to a son. Much of the book of Proverbs read in this way. A father who's wanting to help his son succeed in life. So he's, he's passing on everything he knows about how God has made life to work. And it's well worth it. He's saying it's well worth all the cost and effort in acquiring wisdom. Um, not in your outline. There's some things that are not in here that I want to kind of talk about really quickly. First is what is wisdom? What is it? It's beyond salvation. Salvation is when a person becomes a Christian, that's salvation. The process, there's a process involved and there's a process of growing in, in, but there's a point in time where a person decides to follow Jesus Christ. They become a Christian. Wisdom is not the same thing as salvation. I can be a Christian and have no wisdom or very little wisdom. I can live all my life as a Christian and just be a really foolish person and, and experience a tremendous amount of pain through the course of my life, Decide, depending on my pursuit of wisdom. This is, this is extremely important. A real simple definition, though, of wisdom is doing life God's way. It's doing life God's way. You might want to write that down. 
It's not just knowing God's ways, but doing life God's way. The wise person can handle life from God's perspective. Last week we looked at, you know, how just because I'm headed to heaven doesn't mean that I have wisdom. As a Christian, you're headed to heaven. But you may get there and, you know, your life may have been marked by a tremendous amount of pain that could have been avoided. So that's the first thing. Just what is it? It's doing life God's way. Second question I really want to answer is, why wisdom? Why? Why is this so valuable? This is really a, a review of last week. Two words come to mind. Pain or prosperity. Pain, you can't avoid all pain just by pursuing wisdom. But there's a tremendous amount we can steer around. Prosperity, gets a, it's, a, it's a word that has all sorts of ideas in our mind. What I'm not saying is, if you, if you pursue wisdom, you'll be rich beyond your wildest dreams. I'm not saying that if you walk in wisdom, you're going to be richer and richer and richer. And that's what wisdom is for, so you can become rich. Prosperity is beyond finances. Prosperity is just God's blessing and favor on your life. It's, it's His favor. And, and when we experience, when we, when we pursue wisdom, God's favor, it follows us. We experience His favor. There's all sorts of good things that flow from it. So the question is, do I want pain or do I want prosperity? If I want, if I want prosperity, I want God's favor on my life, His blessing, then I pursue wisdom. I aggressively pursue it. It comes at a high price and it only goes to those who pursue it aggressively. One other thing that's not in the outline is where do we look for it? And you might want to jot these down because these are really important. Where do we look for wisdom? Three places. One is in the scripture. We, we look for wisdom in the scripture. Psalm chapter 19, verse 7 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. You see, we all kind of start out in life. The, the scripture says we, we, we're, we kind of arrive as a simple person, kind of a, a clean slate, like a whiteboard that has yet to make decisions. But we're not going to stay simple long in life. Like kids are somewhat simple and naive and they grow up. And then they decide to move towards wisdom or they move towards folly. And the same is the same for us adults. As adults, it's not long before we move in one of these directions. And so if we want to find wisdom, we've got to aggressively dig into the scriptures because God's saying the scriptures is what makes a person wise. The, the truth revealed in the Bible. So this is the first place is we look to the scriptures. The second place we look for wisdom is from the wise. We can get wisdom from the wise. Proverbs 13:20 says, "He who walks with the wise will grow wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm." What that verse means is that you can grow wise through association. Who you spend time with, who who you're closest to, those lives are going to rub off on you. you you're not going to be able to help it. That you're going to do life with people and th- their values, their perspective, their priorities, those things will just Transmit over into your life. He who walks with the wise grow, grows wise. So one way you can grow in wisdom is spend time with wise people. People who, who, who have dug into the scripture. Learn from them. Learn from their experiences. Get around them. Associate with them. Receive input from them and feedback from them. The third area we can get wisdom is studying situations around us and learning from them. Just studying even nature. Looking around at nature. Studying situations around you. And learning from them. Proverbs 6 6. I read this a few days ago. This is an example of that. Go to the ant, it says, you sluggard. Sluggard means lazy person. 
Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food in the harvest. So what this person is, what he's doing is he's making an observation for something in nature and he's applying it to life. Now we know that about ants, that they, they're, they're wise in the way that they store up. You know, we don't always operate in that way where we plan and we think ahead. So he's saying, hey, observe this thing in nature, learn from it. There's a lot of wisdom to be found in nature, but one of the things that I've learned is that the wisdom we find in nature ought to line up, needs to line up with what God has revealed in His, in the Scripture, in the Word. And so those three areas, we find wisdom in the Scripture, from the wise, and from situations in the world. But your outline, you see, it says gaining wisdom. How do we actually get it into our life? Is there certain postures? Is there certain things I need to be focused on and doing so that I can actually get it? So I, I may be pursuing it, but I may be messing up. You know, I might be pursuing it, but there might be some things wrong in my life that prevent me from really getting wisdom. So I'm going to look at four things this morning. Gaining wisdom comes through these things. First, humbling yourself. Humbling yourself. Proverbs 11.2 says, When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. The greatest barrier to wisdom is pride. And the sad thing and the scary thing, the reality is, pride is in all of us. We have, we all, we all deal with this to some extent. All of our life. Pride keeps us from taking advice. You see this in your outline, the next point. It keeps us from being open to getting input at the top. Proverbs 13.10, it's not up there, but the verse says this, Pride only breeds quarrels. So when pride comes up, it starts fights. It breeds quarrels. But wisdom is found in those who take advice. I had an example of this where I, where I had an opportunity in this area this week to learn. Um, I was in San Juan Capistrano this week as a part of a group who was helping to develop curriculum to train church planners in the future. And I was a part of this group, and I was extremely intimidated by the group. Everybody in the group was, I was like, I would say middle-aged for the group. There was a couple guys younger than me, a couple guys older. But one thing, everybody had much, much larger churches. And so I was extremely intimidating. We went around this telling, uh, they asked, you know, tell us about yourselves. And we're, we're supposed to collaborate and work together to write this 12-day training so everyone's sharing, and of course they're sharing about their churches and just the great things that are going on and all this stuff. One guy, you know, he's younger than me, and within two years he has like 1,700 people, and now five years into it he's like 6,000 people, and you know, and I'm just like, hmm, that's, hmm, that's great, you know. And he says, you know, what's on the horizon for you? And then the guy says, well, we're about to launch four more sites, and we're going to project um, from hologram into each site. So he's going to be a hologram in in each of these different sites. And everybody's amazed. Like, hologram? Like, Obi-Wan? Exactly. That's exactly what... Isn't that amazing? I'm like, you can do that? I was stuck there for quite a while. You know, it goes around. This guy, you know, big old giant church and just all these amazing things. And gets to me and I'm just like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. blah. And I'm just, you know, just sharing... You know, what God is doing in, in, in our church and, and the guy's like, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like really struggling internally. Like, they're not thinking, yeah, they're, I, I don't know what they're thinking, but I, I was really dealing with just this whole comparison thing. 
And one of the guys I knew, I know, I have known, I guess, for a little while, don't know him all that well, but have been to conferences with him. And he moved up to the Bay Area and planted a church, and it grew like, you know, wild, whatever that term is, wild fire, flowers, whatever. And it's just taken off. And uh, he's a lot younger than me. And he was just, he was very vocal and sharing quite a bit and kind of dominating the, the, the conversation. And, but he had a lot of good things to say, and I knew it. But my pride started creeping up inside me. And I'm just like, man, i got to say something smart. i got, I got to interject something. And so he, he offers, he answers a question, and I said, I, I don't think that's right. I, like, disagreed. <laughs> and then the guy that's leading the, the whole thing just stopped me. And he just said, well, actually, we're just going to offer a lot of ideas. We're actually not going to do that. I was like, oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> and later, what I realized as I was sitting there was, man, my pride was getting the best of me. I was letting things that matter in the world matter to me. And for the next couple of days, what I had to decide to do was keep pushing my pride down and confessing it to the Lord. And then I just decided I'm going to stop trying to compare and I'm going to ask questions from all these guys. Younger than me, I'm asking questions. And so I did. I just asked a lot of questions of these guys. I got all sorts of good information. Helpful stuff, I think, for us as well. And But it took a shift because my pride was just... It, it was going to breed a quarrel. If I had carried that on, I mean, I can only imagine how bad that would have went. But you know you're creeping towards pride whenever you're convinced that you've got all the answers. And I really thought, oh man, i got some good stuff to offer. They really need to hear it right now. Well, I needed to be asking a lot of questions. I had some things to share that I thought would be helpful, but anytime we think, man, I, I have, I have, I have, got a corner of the market in this area, we're, we're in trouble. Don't settle for your own wisdom. This is another, another thing on there. Proverbs twenty-eight twenty-six. He who trusts in himself is a fool, the Scripture says. When we trust in ourselves, we're being fools. He who walks in wisdom is kept safe. God says we need a wisdom that's outside of ourselves. Sometimes we think, I've got the answers. And the world that we live in says, believe in yourself. And that's the problem. We live in a world that says, just believe in yourself. Keep believing. Just keep believing. There's songs about it. There's, you know, we feed our kids this stuff. Believe in yourself. You can do anything, Bobby. Believe in yourself. And then the kid, you know, he grows up, becomes an adult. He believes, I can do anything. But the scripture says, he who trusts in himself is a fool. Anytime we think, man, I, I am okay in and of myself, we run into real problems. Proverbs 12.15, another verse up there. It says, the way of a fool seems right to him. Literally, it means the path of the fool seems straight to him. We sometimes are walking down a road and it looks straight to us, but everyone else sees that it's crooked and it's about to head off a cliff. And we start walking down this path. We need input. The verse goes on, but a wise man listens to advice. We need to, we need to step outside of just thinking, we've got all the answers and start asking questions. Humility, though, that's the first thing. It's the prerequisite of wisdom. Without humility, we don't grow in wisdom. The second way that we gain wisdom is through preparing yourself. This is the second thing. Preparing yourself. There are certain habits that wise people develop. Proverbs chapter 2. We're actually going to look at Proverbs 2. A few verses in here. But the first verse, a couple habits about preparing yourself. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, Turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. The first thing is really tune your mind in and start listening. 
Engage your mind. Focus. Ask. You've got to mentally prepare to get wisdom. When you're at church, engage mentally. Have a few things in your mind when you come that God is wanting to work on. Or that you know you need to work on. Just be... We shouldn't come and go week after week without bringing things mentally that we know God wants to change. Like, we have to engage our mind and focus in. These are areas where I, I know God's trying to work on. Come with those, come prepared mentally to let God speak to those areas. If, if you're not prepared, then ask God, God, what should I be working on? What is it? A guy came up to me after the first service and he said, man, I had to stop there and think, wow, that's me. I don't do that. I need to do that. And he just wrote, what should, what's my next step right now spiritually? We need to, we need to be asking those questions. Or when we're spending time with God, we're trying to dig into the scripture and get wisdom. You know, again, tune your mind in, pay attention, remove distractions, get comfortable, but not too comfortable. Really consider what's it going to take for me to grow here? Or if I'm getting advice from someone, trying to get wisdom from a wise person, you know, and I'm in there, and if I'm just debating and challenging everything they say, that's, I'm not tuning my mind in. I need to let them speak to me. I need to receive what they have to say. Another thought, do the work to memorize key verses. Psalm 119, these verses say this, How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. This is a verse, these two verses, it just expresses the, the need for a person to store God's word internally, to memorize verses from the Bible. The way that I'd encourage you to do this, if you've never done it, is to think about the topics that you need growth in. Whatever that topic is, find a verse that's attached to that topic. If you need help with this, please ask. Let us know on the connection card. But pick a topic, write out the verse, and put that verse in a bunch of different places around your house. And just start memorizing that verse. Put it in your car, put it at work, put it up on your bathroom mirror when you're brushing your teeth. Just as a way to store God's word so that when you're dealing with pride, there's a verse that can, that can be attached to that. When you're dealing with lust, there's a verse attached to that. When you're dealing with greed, when you're dealing with just temptation, that God can use the verses that you've, you know, they're stored in your heart. He can bring those to mind and help you have victory in those moments. But let me be honest, this is one of those very, very difficult habits to form. One of the things that we, we have, like some starter kits. If anybody's interested in this, we'd love to just give them to you. Um, we'll, we'll make as many as we need, but, little verse memory pack. just looks like a little business card holder. And we can start you off with a, just a dozen verses or something like that. Just to give you an idea of how that would work in your life. And then just as you're going about your day, work on your verses. Because it may seem uh, childish, but this is a way of preparing yourself for wisdom. Because you do the hard work that's required. That's the cost involved. When it says it's going to cost you all you have, that's part of the cost. It's going to be inconvenient. It's going to take work. Another thing is wisdom. The third point is wisdom is also gained through prayer. Praying regularly. Goes on, Proverbs 2, 3 says, If you call out for insight, cry aloud for understanding. An earnest and constant request for wisdom is crucial. We have to continue to cry out to God and ask Him to give us wisdom. As a pastor, I recognize that all sorts of my, all sorts of features of my job is new territory for me. Especially as a younger pastor. I realize that I'm often in situations where I've not been before. 
And I have to cry out to God, God, what do I do here? What, what does your word have to say? How can I help this person? What's, you know, there's just, and for all of our lives, this is true. God, what do I do right now with my kids? I don't know. We keep hitting the same problem in our parenting. Things aren't improving. I don't know what to do. Again, pray. Call out to God for insight. God, would you direct me? God, in my marriage, I just, we are not getting on the same page. We're having a hard time. Or we're, or we're in a stalemate. God, please help me. Don't, don't just keep it inside. Part of growing in wisdom in these areas is praying. Just expressing that to God very honestly. Especially, the next point, in specific situations. If, if I don't know what to do in a, in a problem or a decision, I need to voice that to God. Look at James 1.5. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. See, all of us qualify for this verse. If any of you lack wisdom, who, who here lacks wisdom? You know, all of us, right? This is all of us. But sometimes we think we're embarrassed. Sometimes we get into situations where we're too embarrassed to ask for help. We get into a car problem and we're like, oh, I don't want to call. And You know, you didn't put gas in the car, Josh. I'm, I'm embarrassed sometimes to ask my friends for help. Or sometimes I get into a situation, you know, in a relationship or something's tangled up and I need some input and I, I'm too embarrassed out of my pride to, to go and ask for input. Well, sometimes we take that with God and we think, man, I don't want to, I don't want to pray about this. Too embarrassed. What this verse is saying is whenever we think, you know, I should know better, God is saying, I love to help. I'd love to help you and you won't be scolded by asking. It's like sometimes we might have a friend that says, you mean you don't know? You don't know the answer to that? God will not. He's never going to do that. He's saying he won't find fault when we ask. He'll, he'll generously grant wisdom to those who ask it. Man, that brings comfort to me, knowing that I can go to God in that way at any point. The last point here is this. Gaining wisdom comes through diligent search. Diligent search. Proverbs 2, verse 4 through 5. If you look for it, you're looking for wisdom, ask for silver. And search for it as for hidden treasure. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. See, a casual glance around will not cut it. Again, there's no pool of wisdom that we can walk up and dip the cup in and drink it. It's not that easy. A casual glance, it, it won't do it. That's why Treasure Hunter movies, you know, like National Treasure and Indiana Jones, they make their whole life about the pursuit, don't they? Everything is about the treasure. It's more important than anything. And and there's something fascinating to me when I watch a treasure hunter movie. I'm just get I, I want to go find something. I wish there was a treasure. One of my friends, there's this legend of a treasure of a treasure that is that is down in Mexico. And in college we used to talk about renting RV or RV <laughs> ATVs and machetes and machine guns, heading into the you know, going looking for his treasure. There's something about that. But what does it take? It takes a pursuit. It takes, it, it has to be bumped up to the top of our priority list. So put it, put it high. That's the last point. Put a high priority on it. Think of wisdom and our pursuit of wisdom like our need for food, water, and to be working. It, it's, it's right up there. See, food and water and work, those are part of a daily priority list, aren't they? 
I got I to gotta do certain things every day to survive. Wisdom needs to be on the daily list. Pursuing wisdom can't be a casual thing that comes up once a week when I show up to church. It's got to be something that is food, water, wisdom. It's up there. It's got a high priority. It's not on a long-term goal list. One day, my 10-year plan is to get wisdom. Again, that won't happen. We tend to think, well, i I got other priorities right now. Like, i got to get out of debt. The truth is, wisdom can get us out of debt. Wisdom, God's doing life God's way, leads us to handling our finances differently. Or, well, I've got to work on my marriage. Well, wisdom can grow your marriage. Same with parenting. Life and favor grow out of wisdom. There's a verse, Proverbs 8, 35 and 36. Not in your outline, but it says, For whoever finds me, speaking of wisdom, it's like wisdom's talking. For whoever finds me finds life and receives favor from the Lord. But whoever fails to find me harms himself. All who hate me love death. Wisdom's saying, look, it's life or death. You pursue me, you find favor. You find real life. If you don't, there is tremendous consequences. That's why this has to be on the daily list of priority. With something so valuable, we should even, like the second point there, pay out money to get it. Sometimes wisdom costs us, or it should it will cost us. Jesus said in a, in a parable about a treasure hidden in a field. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he finds his treasure. It says he hid it again. And then in his joy, he went and he sold all that he had so that he could go and buy that field. He realized this is priceless. If I get this treasure, it's priceless. That's wisdom. The man realized that the field... And the treasure there was worth all that he had. So he could sell everything. The same is true. Wisdom, pursuing wisdom is going to cost us greatly. Expect to spend a long time finding it. That's why these treasure hunters, again, they they invest their lives. They grow old searching for the treasure. It's It's not something we're just going to land on this week. But again, there's three places. Wisdom is found in the Scripture. It's found from the wise and it's found by asking God to reveal truth through nature around us as well. Things that line up with what He has to say in Scripture. We've been as a church uh, encouraging people to, to read a proverb a day in the month of July. And so there's more of these little bookmarks at the guest information table. There's 31 days in the month of July and there's 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. It's just a great place to read a proverb a day. And it's a great time to do this together and just to let God, digging into the wisdom that is in there and asking God to help, you know, shine the light on certain areas in your life. Um, there's a couple things I want to let you know about, but I forgot what they were in announcements, but I'm, they may come back to me, so. They're not coming though, so. In just a moment though, we're going to be receiving our offering. Before we do, though, um, I think I I could overdo it on this message, but this whole area of wisdom, it's for me, I, I feel like this is just not an option. Because of the consequences, because of the rewards, it's just not an option. Because I'm a dad, I have kids, I, I recognize that my actions and the way that I do life is going to pass on to my kids. This, this is true of us. We're, we're, 
We live in a community. We do church like a community, but we live in a community. Our lives make a difference. And so what you do really matters. If, if we make our lives just about ourselves, pursuing our goals, we're going to run into real problems if we decide not to pursue wisdom. If we just decide, well, I, I've become a Christian, and we think that, that's it, that's, that's it, right? Well, again, you can be a Christian and have no wisdom and have a lot of pain in your life. God makes it available to us. The great thing is He offers wisdom to us. If any of us lacks wisdom, He generously gives that to those who ask without finding fault. But to me, this whole series and just this pursuit of wisdom is something that I sense we're going to have to just be at our whole lives. We're going to grow. God's going to continue to, to shine more light in certain areas. And as a church community, there's a tremendous amount of blessing that God can pour into all of us if we will pursue this together. And so... I want to just strongly encourage you to pursue wisdom in your life. On the back of this card, if you take out this connection card, we're going to turn this in in a moment when we receive the offering. But there's some next steps on the back. It says, one of the next steps is read Proverbs 11 through 17. That's just kind of keeping up with the reading. If you don't, if you miss a day or if you if you just want to start, just start start tomorrow. Proverbs 11. There's nothing wrong with missing a day here and there, you know. I'd encourage you to pursue it. The next one would be quit debating others this week and ask questions. That's, again, where pride gets in, like I was sharing about my story this week. Maybe you're, you're just one that you get into conversations trying to get input. You want input, you invite others in, but then you argue with them the whole time. Maybe this is an opportunity to just quit debating with others, start asking questions. Another one, sacrifice something of high value in order to pursue wisdom. I don't know what that is. Maybe sleep, coffee, entertainment, food. You know, this pursuit has to be above, above it all. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for your word. Again, thank you for the fact that, that you, you loved us enough to, to reach out to us, Lord. So many of us, God, um, have hit points in our life where we recognize we needed um, to make a, a U-turn. And God, You, because of Your love and Your goodness, You reached out to us in the person of Jesus Christ. Lord, You've given us an answer, a way to live. Lord, we thank You for that. And we thank You that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Lord, that when we break through into a relationship with You, it breaks through into a life of wisdom. And so, Lord, now... I pray that our whole lives, we would be on this quest, just staying after it, pursuing you every day, learning from others, recognizing that we, we've, um, this whole life, we're just going to be learners, God. Help us never to think that we've arrived, Lord. I pray you'd strengthen us, God. I know many here are hurting. They're broken. I know that many are, they have answers that, that are still lingering. And God, I know that you hold all answers. Your word is the truth. And God, I pray that if there's people here that, that need to talk or need a friend or need to plug into a church, God, I pray that, that they would find this place to, to, to welcome them, Lord, and that this would be like a home for them, Lord, just an extension of their family, Lord, providing support and encouragement, direction, relationships. God, I pray you'd continue to work in our midst, helping draw others, help us to be about helping others come to know you. 
And then this week, God, I just pray that we would do some things to aggressively pursue your wisdom. Bump this up our priority list, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.